Hello and shalom. Welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I'm your host, Joe Amon. We got a great show ahead, so buckle up and hang on. Here we go. Well, hey, everybody. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I am your host, Joe Amar, coming to you all the way from Out of Ashes Ministries in DeRitter, Louisiana. How are you guys out there in Image Bearers Radio land, podcast land, on the internets, wherever you might be? I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's been a little while since I've come to you guys uh, with a recording um, and uh, discussion. We've been replaying some uh, of our Shabbat Fellowship teachings, which have been really important during this season. And I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed that. But today I wanted to do kind of a summation and um, preview of what's coming up and uh, just kind of situate us where we are in the year. And this is in a really, really, really important time of the year. And uh, so we're going to be talking about all of those things uh, this episode. But before we get into that, just some housekeeping. First of all, I want to thank everyone for being a part of the Image Bears Radio community. As always, you guys are rock stars, and I appreciate you sticking with us, building a great community, sharing the uh, the episodes, sharing the stuff on Hebrew Nation and off of our website and uh, social media and all the different places. So thank you all very, very much for that. If you're new here, uh, welcome and thanks for for uh, for dropping in and and checking out what's going on. Uh, this is a podcast uh, radio show uh, over on Hebrew Nation Online. Um, and uh, wonderful teachers that we get to be in the same company with, and uh, we're really fortunate to be able to do this. Uh, and then we have this on our website available. We also have it uh, available on Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, really. And uh, so this is just a conversation about how we fulfill our job as believers uh, and as children of God, which is from the very beginning in Genesis, God said that he created us in his image, uh, Selim Elohim, the image of God. He created us, uh, and so we are to bear that image. We are to, how do we do that? How do we bear his image? And so uh, we ask, uh, we hopefully, good questions, uh, and uh, we look at Scripture in a, a little different way maybe than what we're used to traditionally, and it's a conversation, so I appreciate you guys stopping in. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you do, please share it and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, also, don't forget, we live stream our uh, Sabbath services every Saturday, every Shabbat at 10 a.m. Central, with rare exception. And so uh, you can go to our website for that, outofashesministries.org. You can check it out on Facebook or YouTube, uh, whichever one you prefer. And uh, we'd love to see you hanging out with us on Shabbat. Drop in, say hey, let us know where you're watching from, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great time, and uh, we appreciate all the family. So uh, let's get into today's episode now that the housekeeping stuff is out of the way. But as is our custom here, before we do that, we want to go to the Father and just thank Him for this chance that we have to be together today. Abba, we thank You and bless You for this incredible opportunity we have. We love You and we want to we want to show the world your reputation. We want to show the world who you are, Father. We want to show the world how good you are. So, Father, today in our conversation, help equip us to do that, to bear your image as your children in our world.
All right, everybody. So uh, what I wanted to do today is, like I said, I wanted to get us kind of situated and talk about where we've been and talk about where we're going as far as the calendar goes. And I think this is really important. Uh, this is there's not going to be a lot of scripture and like this is not a Bible study type of episode. Um, this is more of just kind of a, like I said, a, a, an adjustment, what I would call it, a, a, you know, uh, kind of getting getting our minds around where we are again, and uh, I think this these type of conversations are so important because um, life happens a, a lot, right? There's, you know, many of you will identify with this that um, life life is just extra. It seems like all the time um, we have kids, we have spouses, we have jobs, we have you know, homes, we have stuff, we have vehicles, we have, you know, all the things in life. I once worked for a pastor, you know, that, that used to make the point, and I, and I love the point, used to make the point that we, many of us complain about having to maintain the blessings that we prayed for, right? <laughs> Just kind of think about that, and it's um, it's kind of profound, right? We We get stressed out. We get um, overwhelmed. We, you know, right. We, we get tired. We get weary many times of maintaining the blessings that we, that, that God has given us, the things that we prayed for are the, you know, the, the things that we wanted. And it doesn't, it doesn't always mean physical things, right? Um, yeah, sure. You know, you got to keep your car, you know, in good maintenance and clean. You got to keep your house in good maintenance and clean. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to spend time with your, your spouse, your significant other, your family, your kids, and all those things. Many of us prayed for a spouse, and and you got one, and so don't complain about, you know, <laughs> keeping up that relationship. Um, you know, you we wanted a job. You, want, you prayed for a job. Well, God gave you a job, so don't complain about, you know, having to go to that job. It, it's, it's just a part of kind of how it, how it works. Again, but it, it's not always and only physical. Uh, sometimes it can be, again, like I said, a job. Sometimes it's, it can be a ministry you're involved in. Uh, you know, maybe you really have prayed for God to use you in a certain way, and now he is using you, and it's like, Man, I just I'm I'm a little bit weary. I'm a little bit tired. I could I could use a break. And there's nothing wrong with needing a break. Uh but just I think it's good for us to recognize that most of the things that we are weary from are blessings that God has given us. And so life, you know, we we have all those things. And then life, of course, it throws its usual curveballs as life has a tendency to do. Um, and we have to deal with it. You know, we have to deal with, uh, with crisis and with hardship and, you know, unexpected things. It's just, it's just the nature of, of how life works. Uh, and so life can be really extra, um, a lot. And, uh, I, I think back, you know, to growing up as a kid and I think back to, you know, the olden days, I guess we would call it, but it, it didn't seem like, like things were this fast, um, and maybe it's because, you know, we were kids and we just didn't realize how fast really, you know, how fast exactly life was. Uh, and maybe our parents felt it and we just didn't realize it. But it just doesn't seem like life was this fast, uh, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So um, anyway, it is good, I think, every once in a while to stop, to recalibrate, to kind of get our footing, to realize where we are. And uh, so that when so that we can move ahead with a sound mind and with a plan and with a good understanding. 
And so that's, again, what kind of this episode is going to be about uh, this week, because this is a really, really important season that we're in. And one a season that we are approaching is very important. Uh, the highest, you know, most holy time of the year. And what I want for you is I want you to to grasp it. I want you to to be able to to take hold of it and to uh, to get everything that God has for you out of this season. Because life can be so busy, because life can be so extra. I don't want this season to fly by you because we're so. You know, we're trying to, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember the Smothers Brothers, um, but I remember seeing a, a TV clip, it's got to be like on Johnny Carson or something like that. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm only 43, but I have I have older parents, so um, we watched a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, but I remember them being on, I think it was Johnny Carson, and they did this act where they have these little plastic, I guess it was, poles. And they would start spinning a plate on one end, right? And then they would spin another plate, and then they'd spin another plate. And after they got to the third or fourth plate, you had to go back and, and keep spinning the first one. And you'd go down the line, and they and, and eventually got to where you couldn't keep up, right? And the plate started to fall. And I don't want us to go through this season spinning plates and so distracted by and so focused on you know keeping everything in our world spinning that we miss this appointed time. And when I say appointed time, I'm not just talking about one festival. I'm talking about the whole season, right, of the year. And uh, so, again, I want us to readjust and kind of recalibrate. I think this is really important to do. So let's talk about kind of where we have been, right? Uh, Last year for the festivals, we did uh, each feast day, after each feast day, we did a so what uh, um, episode, where we talked about Passover, and it was like, okay, Passover is the you know the season of redemption, uh, you know, Hakamatsa, the feast of unleavened bread, um, and and what so so what right? So we celebrated, so we had a big seder, so we dressed up, so it was you know it was nice and it was beautiful and it was moving and all of those things and that was good and we did what we were supposed to, um, but so so what after the fact? So what 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 lasting impact? What residue? What do we take from it? Um, as we move on, right? So this uh, we did we did all the festivals that way, and so I want us to look back now where we are uh, during the summer. I want us to look back at Passover, and I want us to look back at Hagamatsa. I want us to look back at Shavuot, and I want us to ask ourselves the same questions, right? So let us remember why we kept those festivals. Let us remember about them because I think a lot of times we move on really quickly. And that was the reason for the kind of so what episodes is we move on so quickly, right? We, we all this preparation for Passover, we do the Seder, uh, we, we do unleavened bread, and then we're already moving on for the next, the next thing, whether it's counting the Omer, whether it's uh, Shavuot, you know, whatever it is, we're moving on. Or whether, whether it's summer vacation we're focused on, you know, or, or getting the kids out of school, whatever it is. We move on so fast in our lives because life is fast and we feel like we have to keep up. So many times we don't even enjoy the season or the moment we're in because we're already thinking about tomorrow. I have a really bad struggle with this. Always thinking about what's next. Okay, yeah, good. We got here. Now, while we're doing this thing, let's not enjoy it. Let's think about what's coming next. Um, and and it, can, it can be a real big problem in our, in our society 
And of course, I think social media and all that kind of stuff plays into that and feeds this like we're never satisfied, right? We can't sit still. And it affects our spiritual journey. It affects, it affects our, our personal um, you know, connection to the feast days, to the Father. Uh, it, it connects how we experience God and, uh, and how we portray him to the rest of the world. So all these things, I think, are really important. So we've been through Passover, right, the, the season of our redemption, uh, our freedom, where we were rescued. We celebrated Hag Hamatzah, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, where we, we got rid of, we ridded our homes of all the chametz, uh, and we, we spent that week eating unleavened, uh, unleavened bread and not eating, not consuming chametz or not having chametz uh, anywhere around us. And all the lessons that can be taken from uh, Hag Hamatzah, uh, from the Passover, from God's miraculous deliverance. Um, and and his setting us free from slavery, right, into freedom and freedom to worship him, freedom to follow him, freedom to be unashamedly his in whatever uh, direction that he is is moving in our lives. Um, you know, we've, I was visiting with someone this weekend, a, a, a new uh, person that is coming to the fellowship and and um, we were talking about in our area, there's so many churches and, you know, and, ex- and we're not anti-church. Um, now, you know, I have problems with things that the church does or certain churches has taught and, and all those kinds of things, but we're not anti-church. And we were talking about how so many of us come into Torah uh, with baggage, right? And, and we just, we're angry and we're hurt and we, we've been betrayed or we feel like we've been betrayed and... Um, you know, talking about all the, the friends and family that we have that don't understand where we are. And I think it's always important to remind myself and to make the point that, you know, I didn't decide, we didn't decide, there's a good chance if you're listening to this, you didn't decide um, on this walk for yourself, right? You didn't decide, wake up one morning and go, you know what, I think I'm going to do everything I can scripturally to completely alienate all of my friends, family, church family, pastors, leaders, mentors, whatever. I think I'm going to do everything I can uh, to be socially in seclusion, you know, right, and been biblically in seclusion or spiritually, whatever. Um, no one, none of us decided, you know, to do this, that, that this is something that God has led us into. And we have to be honest about that. yes. Maybe he did use the pain of our current season or our, our our former season, our previous, you know, where we were. Maybe he did use discontent. Maybe he did use some of those things to move us to a new place. Sometimes that's the way it happens, right? And we have to be honest enough with ourselves to know that, to, to remind ourselves that this is not something of our doing. This is a place that God has led us, Right. And so as we, we talk about Passover and, and, and Hagamatzah, when we talk about these things, we have to remember that God made us free to worship him in whatever path, whatever direction, whatever you know, thing that he wanted us to be in. We could, we, could, we could all be in different denominations. We could all be in different you know, places and, and different churches and different whatevers. We could all be in much different spiritual places. But we're here where we are. And this is by God's hand because we have surrendered ourselves to him. We have said, we will follow. If you will rescue us, we will follow. You will be our God and we will be your people, right? And so what we're trying to do is be obedient in the place where God has us. So... Passover, the the season where God's miraculous power, where his 
overwhelming love where he hears the Ze'akah, the cry, right? The cry of oppression of his people and he comes to their rescue. What an incredibly beautiful time and one that we should remember year round because the Torah actually does this in the, in the, in the life of the nation of Israel, right? Year, year round as we read the Parsha, what do we hear? We hear constantly the the refrain, you know, about God taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, right? Remember, you were slaves in Egypt. Remember, I delivered you from Egypt with a mighty hand. Over, over and over, you hear this, you hear this refrain through the, the end of the book of Exodus, through Leviticus, through Numbers. Now we're in, we're in Devarim, the third portion of Devarim this week. You hear this refrain over and over and over. Always, God is always reminding the nation of Israel about the the season of redemption, about Pesach, about Haikamatzah, always hearkening back to that, right? And we need to never lose that first love, that that time when the, the creator of the universe swept in and destroyed all of those things that held us bound and allowed us to be free to, to worship him, right? And so we remember that even though we it's six months ago, however long it's been, it's six months ago. We remember Pesach and we remember the season where God delivered us. And then we have we went through the counting of the Omer. Some of you probably counted the Omer. Some of you may have not. But we we went through the season of counting the Omer and and this time where every day we are thankful for our redemption. But every day we are being transformed Right. We are being uh, we are ascending. We are 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 being uh, sifted every day as we approach Shavuot, as we approach the time where traditionally the the Torah was given on Mount Sinai. And according to the book of Acts, the spirit of God was given to the believers um, in Jerusalem, right at Shavuot at Pentecost. And so there's a season in between our redemption and. And and receiving the, you know, the Torah can be thought about in a lot of ways. Um, one of the ways that I like to think about it coincides with the giving of the spirit. Um, in in my view, uh, they are kind of two wings of the same bird, two sides of the same coin in that the Torah is God's expressed um, personality in a way. It's 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 his the way that you're going to do things in his kingdom. Right. And And those laws and those instructions those teachings line up with who he is right you you, your your boss runs the office a certain way because it lines up with who he is uh, if he owns the owns the business right as a parent you run your house a certain way because it's a reflection of who you are right it's an out outflow of who you are um a pastor or a leader will run a congregation. That congregation will look like them because it's an outflow of who you are and that's what the torah is it's it's a part of God's expressing himself into the nation. And in the same way, the what is the spirit of God? What is Ruach Elohim if it's not for the expression of God in people, right? It's 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 his personality implanted into people. It's his expression. And so, you know, the the Torah and the giving of the spirit, we are preparing for that. It is a gift. It is a free gift. But we want to be we want to be preparing ourselves so that we are good stewards of of the gifts. And once they are given to us, we can maintain and preserve them. Right. And so we we don't want to be immature children 
um, whenever God goes to give us either the gift of his Torah or the gift of the of the Ruach, we don't want to be immor- immature children and waste the gift or, or mishandle the gift. So during the counting of the Omer, we are thankful for our freedom, and yet we're looking forward to uh, to receiving the the actual covenant, right? We've been delivered, we've been saved, quote-unquote, um, but we are looking forward to receiving the next thing, the next uh, the next season as, as a part of his kingdom, right? And so it's important to, re- to remember the Omer and to, to be counting the Omer. Now, one of the things that happens, um, you know, during during this season is that the wheat crop is growing and then and all these other crops are growing at Shavuot. We, we call it the Bikarim. The first fruits is actually at Shavuot. And so we are also producing, hopefully, the new character of God. We were delivered during Pesach. We we have this time of Hakamatsa where we're cleaning the leaven out, and and then now we're spending forty nine days, fifty days, as we're being re leavened as a new loaf, right? So that we can present ourselves as wholly acceptable to Hashem, right? And so this is where we've been. We so so from Passover to Shavuot, we're hopefully we've put in a good bit of work on ourselves. Right. We've been led by the spirit. We've been led by God's word. But we are putting in work on ourselves, in ourselves. And that's so important. It's so important. I challenged OAM. If you if you follow, if you listen, you might remember I challenged OAM uh, and all of our family members during from from Pesach or from Hakamatsa to Shavuot to make a list of two or three things that were character things for you that were. Uh, things that you know you needed to improve on. And during those 49 days, during those 50 days as we march towards Shavuot, work on those things. If it's anger, work on that anger. If it's bitterness, get some healing. If it's you know unforgiveness, if it's jealousy, whatever your your issues might have been, to work on those things, you know, take a look in the New Testament, the sins of the flesh and the sins of the spirit, right? There's two, two distinct lists and look at those things and say, okay, which one of which ones of these I'm going to take maybe two or three, whatever I feel like I can handle. And I'm really going to work on them. I'm going to pray through them and ask for God's deliverance and ask for God's help. But I'm not just going to sit around and wait for some kind of miraculous intervention when I can be an active partner with God, an active participant with God in working on myself and bettering myself. Maybe it's laziness, you know, sloth, or maybe it's, uh, you know, whatever it is. It could be just a myriad of things, whatever your thing is. And we all have things, a thing or things, right? And so I challenged everybody, work on yourself. Do self-improvement. You have to be an active participant, an active partner with God in how you how you are growing god will help you god will guide you god will lead you god will empower you god will inspire you all of these things and you know what if you come up to something that you cannot lick god will help you 100% but god as the old saying goes you can't steer a parked car right you turn the wheels from side to side maybe but it's not going anywhere and so God requires our partnership. God requires our uh, our engagement, our involvement. And so during that time of the Omer, I hope you did some work. 
you you should have you should have we should have gotten to Shavuot and had some things to present to God that were from a new loaf. We should have looked different. We should have 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 even if you've been serving God for 30 or 40 years, there's always something that that we can improve, that we can hone, right? That we can make better. And so so from Pesach to Shavuot, we should have put in some work. So then after Shavuot happens, we present those we present ourselves to him as a new loaf and then we feel like we have a little bit of a break. And that's a good thing cuz we need it. But there's a really important season coming. And in this next episode, we'll talk about that. Don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. All right, guys, welcome back to the second segment in this episode of Image Bearers Radio. And we are talking about uh, the season. We are kind of uh, recalibrating ourselves, refocusing, figuring out kind of where we are in the year. Uh, it's summertime. I don't know about where you guys are, but here in South Louisiana, it is capital H-O-T-T hot. It is ridiculously hot. Um, we're in our second week up over a hundred degrees and where we are in our little part of paradise, um, we have not gotten any rain. Grass is dead all over. Trees are starting to wilt. Um, it's miserable, right? But like we said in the first episode or the first segment, life hasn't stopped, right? It's still stuff. And it's so incredibly easy to get caught up in, you know, in the heat and in the, just the sweltering heat, the humidity, just the, ugh, the miserableness of of this time of year and then and, and all the things going on and school's about to start back up and just ah it's it's so easy to get caught up in all this and take our focus off of the things of God. And so this is a, a an episode to kind of readjust ourselves, right? So between Pesach and Shavuot, there should have been some work done on your character, on your habits, on your you know, your walk with God. And I hope that there was. And then we get a small break after Shavuot. And we need these times of rest, right? We need the, the, the festivals, you know, every, the Sabbath is the first and highest of all of the festivals. And so every week we have this time of refocus and recharging and rest and, and worship and, and, uh, and, you know, and being together with community, hopefully is the case for you. Um, and so every single week we have these, these little micro times of, of rest and, and refocus. And then seven times a year we have these, what I call hot spots. Where, you know, Hashem is available, right? All year, anytime he's, you know, he's there. He's, you know, anytime we call on him, he's, he's close to us. Um, and yet these, these, these seven times a year, these festivals are times when he asks us to be close to him. He is always close to us. But these times of years when he invites us to come and be close to him. And, and it's a very, very important as, as most of you know. And so, we need th- these times are really intense, right? They're re- Passover is intense. The preparation, the seder itself, hakamatsa. These times are intense. The omer, if you're doing it right, <laughs> um, should be fairly intense because it's a time of introspection, a time of growing. And int- I'm going to use that word a lot, introspection, uh, in in this segment. 
Um, but it's a time of, of intense introspection, you know, where we're growing and we're analyzing ourselves and we're doing work. And, and, and here's the thing, no matter how busy you are outside of yourself, uh, you know, yard work, house, you know, family, job, you know, hobbies, whatever it's, we are really good as people. We are really good at keeping ourselves distracted. Um, it, I think it's kind of a, it's a, it's an intolerance to pain, right? We don't, none of, nobody really likes to hurt, um, you know, unless some, you know, you've got some issues <laughs> elsewhere. Um, nobody likes pain. Um, and, and it's, it's easier for us to experience pain or stress, um, on the outside usually than it is on the inside. And so we will do just about anything we can to not have to deal with us and who we are because that can be a hyper painful, right? For us to have to deal with, you know, like I said before, our jealousy or our bitterness or our anger or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, we, we don't want to have to do that because dealing with that stuff hurts, right? And so we'll, we'll do pretty much anything we can to avoid it. And that's one of the reasons why the festivals and these, these sacred times are so important because it should, it should connect us back. It should focus us on like, no, no, no. We have to be people of character. We have to be people of integrity. We have to be, we have to bear God on the inside before we bear him to the outside, right? So we have this, these intense, intense times and, and we should, we should lean into them with all of our energy. But then we have time, we have breaks, and we need breaks because you can't do this forever. You know, one thing in in uh, in fitness, they'll tell you that if you work out, if you like, if you weight lift, right, um, or if you're a like a, an endurance runner, or you know anything that you do fitness wise that's really taxing on you, um, you may gain uh, cardiovascular capacity. You may gain muscle, you know, uh, muscle tissue. You may gain strength and all those kinds of things. But the intensity to which you train, you're not only gaining the good things, but you're also accumulating fatigue in your body. And so you may only be able to run long distances for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, a month, depending on, on how good you are, how conditioned you are. You can only lift really heavy weights for a few weeks at a time before you just you just you're not you stop progressing and it becomes a a thing of diminishing returns right where you you stop getting stronger you stop gaining muscle you stop being able to beat your PR times and all those kinds of things and you and you stop and what you have to do is you have to uh you have to take a break you have to what's called deload you have to take a week or so where you just you just kind of veg and you may still be active and you may still do some training or, you know, lifting or working out or whatever, but you're, you're not at the intensity. You have to let that fatigue settle. And I think it's such a good comparison to the, the festival cycle because during the festivals, they are intense and they should be intense. And then we need these times where we kind of let the fatigue settle, where we, we, we go like, I've worked really hard on myself. I've worked really hard, you know, on, on, on being focused on God and and not that I'm being distracted away from God, not that I'm I'm taking a break from my faith walk. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just kind of letting it be. And I'm doing life, and I'm being you know who I'm supposed to be, and I'm loving God, and I'm part of my community, and all that kind of stuff. But the intensity is not there. 
And so we have that right after Shavuot. We have a couple months of where it's just like, okay, take a breath. You've done good work. You've done hard work. Be proud of, of, of where you've come so far this year. Um, and, and not pride like an arrogant, obnoxious, narcissistic pride. I mean, take a look at the work you've done on yourself and go, you know, God, God is proud of me. I took his investment, which is delivering me from slavery, his redemption. I took that investment in me and I worked on myself and I turned it into something that God desires, that God is pleased with. That's awesome. And so be proud of that. And so that's where we have been. And then we enter this first uh, phase is what I'll call it in the fall feast. And they go, yeah, but we're still in summer. What do you mean the fall feast? Yeah, but we start this season where we are approaching Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, I'm saying, yeah, Yom Kippur and Sukkot, right? That season starts in the summer, oddly enough. And, and this is a beautiful thing. This is where I really wanted to kind of get to. We start with a uh, a season or a, a three-week period, and most of you, many of you will know about this. Some of you may not, though. Uh, it's called the three weeks, or Bain uh, HaMetzarim in Hebrew. It's also called Between the Straits um, or the Dire Straits. You ever wonder where the band got their name? Uh, it's Between the Straits, and this is a, a three-week period of, of mourning, um, and commemorating the destruction of the first and second temples. Um, the, the three weeks starts, uh, that's, it's over now, but um, it starts in the month of, of Tammuz, um, and it goes to, it starts on the 17th of Tammuz and goes to the 9th of Av uh, for the fast of Tisha B'Av, which most of you will be familiar with. Uh, just happened last week. Um, three weeks. And these fasts, this this three weeks is bracketed by these fasts that commemorate the destruction of of the temples. Um, and this period is a super intense period, and it grows in intensity. And in the Jewish community, um, they observe these this these three weeks kind of in levels, not formally, but this is kind of just the way that the the the, the season goes. Um, from the 17th of Tammuz until the end of the month of Tammuz, it's kind of one phase. Then from Rosh Kodesh Av, the first of Av, until the week uh, in which Tisha B'Av falls is kind of the second phase. The week in which Tisha B'Av falls until the eighth of Av is the third phase. And then it kind of the pinnacle of, of intensity and mourning happens on Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av. And so it's this time of increasing intensity where um, the mind is filled with the destruction of the temples um, and with the destruction of the temples it's not just a building that I, there's so much I want to say about this um, there's it's not just the destruction of some buildings right and go well, like oh and for, and we have to be so careful about this because from our Christian background we go well, like well that was just a building and the scripture tells us that God you know God never intended to live in a building he wanted to live in the hearts and lives of men which is true. And we don't we have to be careful though that we we remember that in the in the Hebraic mind and the Jewish mind which is which is where we all come from or which is why we have a Yeshua, a Jesus and why we have a New Testament anyway, 
right? We have to pay respect to the Jewish mind and think about what how, what did they think, right? Because the way that they thought shaped the writing of our Gospels, it shaped the writing of our New Testament, it shaped the writing of, of all, all of our writings that we have. And so we have to understand that they understood um, that all the way back in Exodus, whenever God said, make me a, a, a tabernacle that I may dwell with you, that word with is uh, the Hebrew preposition. Uh, it's a, The word is betocham. B-E-T-O-C-H-A-M would be a way to translate it, betocham. That word can mean with, but it also can mean within, um, in. It can, you know, it has all these connotations, not just attached to you, but within you, in your midst is, is some of the ways, is one of the ways that some of the English translations do it. In your midst, make me a, a tabernacle that I may dwell in your midst. And so what, What's really important about that is that God wanted to move in amongst the people and within the people. And the, the Jewish people from, the, from the, the longest time back understood this as God doesn't just live in a building, but the, the building is the place that houses his presence. But the camp of Israel, the people of Israel, is an extension of the tabernacle. And we're going to see that later um, in rabbinic writings whenever... We understand that, and even in the Tanakh, Jerusalem sometimes is called the temple of God. Well, but that, but Jerusalem is not the temple. Jerusalem is a city. The temple is in Jerusalem. Yes, but this is the way it's thought about because the people of Jerusalem, the community of Jerusalem is an extension of and thereby is the temple, right? So it's not just about the destruction of some buildings, but what happens when the temples are destroyed is that exile follows in both cases. In the first temple, Babylonian exile follows, and in the second case, Roman exile follows. And so in 70 AD. And so it's just, this is not just the, the, the destruction of a building. And it sickens me so much because it's almost... It's almost like I can I can feel some of the 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 sermons I've heard the just the language in some of the church circles we've been in where it's almost Christians are almost glad that the temples were destroyed like that'll show the Jews that God never intended to build like that's what they get for thinking that God intended to live in a house instead of their lives no it's both and so why do you have a church building, right? If God lives in you, then you don't need a church building. We can say that we can make it. A, we can make a parallel there, and you go well, like well, we have to play. Have to have a place to meet. Oh, okay. Well, we have to have a place that's you know set apart, and that's oh, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. You have both in Christianity. You have both. We believe that God is a is in us and dwells inside of us. But we also have a building that we go to that's set apart for that use and that purpose. And we, we assign to it, depending on what flavor of Christianity you have, we assign to it different levels of holiness, of set-apartness, right, of Kodesh. So this is the, this, we, we do the same things. And these, this temple is the center of, of Jewish existence. It's the center of life for anyone who follows the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I won't rant for the next, you know, 10 minutes that we have together about about the temple. But this time of the three weeks begins this time of setting us up for 
the, the, the time of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is a time of judgment, okay? I know we think a lot about a time of, you know, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yes, it is that. But in in our understanding is that Rosh Hashanah is the day of one of the names, my main names of Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin. Yom Hadin is the day of judgment. And so these three weeks, we should be, and, and, I, and I told everyone here, you know, um, and you may have heard this. Listen, it may be hard for you to connect to a physical temple, the destruction of a physical temple. It may be almost impossible. You know, you you never saw the temple standing in Jerusalem. You never saw the way of life around the temple in Jerusalem. Many of you have not had the opportunity to go to Israel yet and go to the Temple Mount. So, you know, you you have another barrier there to going like, well, how can I really be sorrowful over the temp, over the destruction of this building? And yet what you can do and what we do is we study the Torah. We study Exodus and Leviticus, which is all about the tabernacle, all about God's sacred space and maintaining that sacred space. And we read every page of the Torah and of the Tanakh, of the the prophets, and every page has a connection to the temple, to the tabernacle. And, and how we are to understand it and deal with it and, 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 and how God feels about it and how it was, you know, all these things. Every single page, there's something connected to the temple. And then we get to the New Testament and we find out that, hey, we're actually the temple, just like the Jewish people have thought for ages, right? We are reminded in the New Testament, not a new thought, a reminder that we, the people, remember, we don't have a standing temple anymore. You have to be the temple. We as a community, as the kingdom, we have to be the place where God's presence now dwells. So what did all that study about the temple teach us about ourselves? That God takes up residence and it is our job to maintain a place where he will live because God will get up out of here if he can't live in a place where it is holy because he is holy. And and we have those those commandments even in the Gospels and the Brikhanishas, like I said, the Apostolic Scriptures. Be holy as I am holy. Why? Because God will not live in a place that is not suitable for him. Right. And so if you can't mourn the, the, the destruction of a building, then maybe look around at, at the modern day temple and ask yourself, what kind of shape is it in? Is it in good shape or not? What, where are we? Where are we in the modern day temple? Can we mourn a little bit, not to say, oh, well, the kingdom is all in shambles and, you know, we have no hope. That, that's not the point. The, the focus of mourning the, the kingdom as the temple is that there are areas that we are not doing well representing God. We are not doing well representing him, and we are not doing well providing a place where God wants to live. The kingdom is rampant with, with, with outright blatant sin and rebellion. It's rampant with divorce and abuse and manipulation of all kinds, racist, sexist, all the different things. The kingdom is rampant with hate. The kingdom is rampant with manipulation, with thievery, with falseness. And I'm not saying that the OAM is the only congregation that has it right. I'm not saying the Messianic movement is the only place where we have it right. I'm not saying that. In every single corner of the kingdom, of Christianity, I'll speak about Christianity because that's where I, that's who I am and I can talk about that. In every single corner, in every denomination, in every fellowship, in every church, there is, there is stuff where we are not being a good place for God to dwell. 
And the temple, when it stood, the buildings, they were, it was also a, it was also a projection of who God was to the nations. It was a rep. Why was the, the, the temple so beautiful? Because it was supposed to represent the goodness of God to the nations so that it would call the nations to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was representation of who God was. How are we doing, right? So during next year, I'll remind you of this, but during next year's Beit HaMetzarim, the three weeks, maybe this should be something that you can focus on. If it's hard for you to connect with, with the destruction of the temple, maybe look at to the body today and, and use this three weeks to really mourn in prayer with Hashem over how we can do better. So we go from the three weeks we get a little bit of a break, which is the season that we're in now, until, uh, let's see, this year it is Wednesday the 16th, I believe. Sunset Wednesday the 16th is Rosh Chodesh Elul. And Rosh Chodesh Elul, the month of Elul, is these this 40 days, 30 days in the month, and then that ends up on Yom Truah, or Rosh Hashanah. And then there's 10 days to Yom Kippur. So the 30 days of Elul plus the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is 40 days of Teshuvah. 40 days of returning to God, of repentance. And so think about what's going on here. We have these, this destruction of the temple, which we're talking about in our context, is, is asking ourselves how we are doing, number one, as the dwelling place of God, and number two, as projecting who God as God's image bearers, projecting who God is, the, the temple is a bear as an image bearer of God. So, what I want you to see is these overlapping ideas and concepts that we are called image bearers, and we are also called the temple. What, they are the same thing. The temple was to bear the image of God out to the nations. So, see, all these things overlap. They're, they're all trying to teach us the same concepts, right? And so during Elul, we are in a time of teshuvah, a time of repentance. And repentance, it's important to understand it correctly because it, it, I was taught that repentance is turning away from sin to God, which is, in my opinion, half right. What I found, this is me personally, you may, this may be different for you, so take it for what it's worth. But what I found is that if I focus on turning away from the sin, my focus is really on the sin. And I'm fighting to get free of the sin. And that's a battle I, I just, I can't win. I get tired. And the tired, more tired I get, the deeper in the sin that I actually fall. And so what my practice has been is to do what teshuva is in the Hebraic sense, is to focus on turn, returning to God. Let God be your focus. Don't focus on running from sin. Focus on running to God. And as you run to God, he fills your life and it sucks the oxygen out of the room where that sin is concerned. Eventually you get filled with God and there's no room for the other stuff. It just, and then eventually you just don't want it anymore. Focus on returning to God. Let that be what Teshuvah is about. Returning to God. And you know what? He will take care of the stuff that you can't. And so it's it, this teshuva is all it leads us up to Rosh Hashanah or Yom Truah, the day of the trumpet, right, or the day of the shouting. And like as I said before, one of the the names of of Yom uh, Yom uh, Yom Truah is Yom Hadin, the day of judgment. And and Judaism teaches us that there are these books that are opened on Rosh Hashanah. 
and that your deeds from the last year place you in one of these books, either the book of life, the book of not life, or one in the middle. And between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you're, you're, you're judged to see where you're going to be for the next year. Here's the thing about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is that Yeshua tells a parable about the talents, right? He gave talents, and then the and then the master gave talents, and then he went away, and he came back to see what that he had done with him. Rosh Hashanah for me is that is that this year God has given me certain things, given you certain things, not just physical but also spiritual, emotional, and He wants to see how we've done with what He's given us. So Rosh Hashanah is for us is not this in Yom Kippur even. It's not this thing about like oh am I going to heaven or hell this year? It's not that. It's a chance for us to present what we've what our return of investment of what Hashem has given us. And so if we look at the three weeks, Elul, all of this season is is pointing us to this, hey, we want to present something to God that is awesome, just like we did at Shavuot, right? It's another more intense season of introspection. Then we have this beautiful, beautiful party, festival of Sukkot, and then we get a break until Pesach. And so I hope this has been helpful to kind of calibrate us, remind you of what's important, set you on the right focus and priority for where we are. Because again, like I said, I don't want you to miss anything, anything that God has for you in this season. So guys, until next week, shalom, shalom. Have a great rest of the week. We love you. Talk to you soon.